Hey, good Saturday morning to you and welcome to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Jim Applegate, and unfortunately, our co-host, Chris Ricky, and Ulysses Vasquez are not able to be with us today, but we've got a great show planned. So you're listening to 1360 KFIV and also on the iHeartRadio app. I hope you invite lots of people to join us this morning. Hope you're having a great day in Modesto. So you might be wondering, am I going to host this entire show by myself? And the answer is no way. I would, I would not have enough stuff to say for an hour long, even though I'm a pastor and I can be pretty long-winded. But I have three guests with me today. One is Nico Solario. Hey, Nico. Hey, how you doing? Nico was on our show a couple weeks ago, and we're actually trying to talk this guy into being a host. Are we are we close to talking you into we're this? We're pretty close. There yeah. we go. Yeah, he wasn't planning on sticking around today, but we got him to stick around. So thanks, Nico, for pinch hitting for us of here. Of course, anytime. It's awesome. And then we have Fallon Ferris. Hi, Fallon. Hi, Jay. Fallon is an amazing person in our community, and she is going to be our main guest on our show today. She is the co-founder of YEP. And then also Modesto City Schools Equity and Intervention Specialist. So if you're wondering what that is, I am too. So just stay tuned. We're going to figure that out today. And then the last guy, last but not least, is Christian Fletcher. Christian, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. And Christian, how old are you? I'm 15. And you are a? Sophomore. Sophomore in high school. So I roped Christian into this, hoping that he can help us out with some editing and promoting so uh we just want you to know anybody who's listening uh, age is not a detractor from the better modesto show right christian yes indeed so and i already told christian if he says something crazy we can edit it out so don't expect any shenanigans from him today oh boy (laughs) although uh i i think i got christian into more trouble than anybody at the last youth camp that he went on so yeah maybe we can tell that story (laughs) in, in in time but yeah so how are you guys doing Doing pretty good today. Yeah, doing pretty good. Okay, so let's start out the show with this. Uh, what are some things that are happening in Modesto right now that you're super excited to be a part of? Well, being with the school district, school starts next Monday. So that's, that's right. Exciting. Yeah. Summer ends, sadly, but. <laughs> I was driving by Modesto High uh, last week and there was a huge welcome back sign, and yes. I thought, how cool is that for the students to see something fun like that? Yes. So. Yeah, I I wonder if the students or the parents are more excited about this transition. Which one? Maybe both, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> students get away from their parents, <laughs> and the parents get their kids away from them. So yeah. I know. mean, Christian, are you excited for school to start back? I have mixed feelings personally. What are your mixed feelings? Tell us. I'm happy. It's just a lot of work I'm gonna have to be um, committed to. In the next coming days. That is so awesome. Um, and that's because you were like committed to a lot of extracurricular activities or what is this? Um, I just have a lot of uh, life stuff going on. A lot of music and a lot of yeah. smaller things that apply to my school. Okay, we've got to ask you about that. All right. So what are some other things happening in Modesto that you guys are excited about? I'm excited about City Ministry Network tomorrow morning has an event called Catalyst. Catalyst. That's on Thursday. So we're recording on Wednesday. So that was actually two days ago. But the first um, Thursday of every month, they invite leaders around Modesto. And it's either in person. It's from 7 to 8 over at Cross Point Community Church. And they call it the Pavilion. And you can go there in person or you can actually check it out on Zoom. And you can do that by looking at City Ministry Network's social media. Like on Facebook, you can get a hold of that. And they always have amazing guests, great conversations, just 
um, you know, some people who have done some amazing stuff in our community. It's always great to start out your day that way. Yeah. And actually, I was going to say this month is all about youth empowerment. Yeah, there you go. So. Youth empowerment. So I believe there's going to be several booths around the, the building with just different youth empowerment groups. Um, even the City Ministry Network's Latino Leadership Initiative, they'll have a booth. Uh, YEP, I believe, will have a booth. Um, there's there's going to be a, a lot of booths out there for different organizations that have a lot of things to do with the youth. Well, the Latino um, the Latino Leadership Initiative is something that we talk about often on, on this show because it was was phenomenal. Was that that was something you were involved yeah, in? Yeah, right? and myself were both involved in that. Yeah, so just raising up some incredible leaders out of it. So tell us, like Nico, just give us a elevator pitch for that and the impact it's made on your life. Um, basically, it was about a year long, and every month. Uh, one Saturday a month, we would meet for probably half the Saturday and just learn different things, learn how to be on boards, learn how to be on committees, um, learn about your strengths. Um, so we did a strength finders test and then pretty much just about yourself and how to grow within yourself and how to bring your community along with you. That's awesome. Yeah. So what opportunities are you a part of now that you wouldn't have been a part of before the LLI? Um, I'm actually a board member for okay. a Modesto's First Federal Credit Union. Um, I didn't think that I would ever be a board member on something like that, but after LLI and being involved with the state on like their rental assistance program, um, the CEO of Modesto's First did reach out to me and ask me to join their board. I also was part of the Forward Together Committee with the Modesto City and their police department, um, and also... Because of my heart for financial education, I also joined a advisory board or advisory committee for AbleWorks. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, so those are all opportunities that came out of LLI. And Correct. you know, if you're a business person or you know, you're running a nonprofit and you're looking for more board members, you're looking for up and comers, um, Latino Leadership Network is definitely a place to to try and get some uh, some very amazing talent to be a part of yeah I, I agree there's some some great people that are coming out of there yeah, yeah for sure for sure okay so let's jump into our show a little bit so fallon we are interviewing you today and i'm so thrilled because you know like probably a week doesn't go by that i don't hear your name in our community and the great oh. things that you are doing in our community thank you so before we jump into like what you're actually up to here tell us like give us a little bit of history how long you've lived in modesto so I actually grew up here. Uh, my mom moved us out here when we were, I was seven years old. Um, I lived with my single mother, two brothers, and I went to El Vista, La Loma, and Downey. So I kind of count myself as Woo-hoo. a Stanislaus County native. Yeah, I was La Loma and Downey as well. So <laughs> I knew there was some amazing, yeah, amazing right, energy right. going yeah, on yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Jody Hayes, our uh, county executive, our chief executive, he went to Downey as well. What? So, I did not so, know that. Yeah, those are some amazing people. Wow. So, yeah. What year did you graduate from Downey? I graduated 2013. What about you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were still building Downey when I graduated. <laughs> no, actually, it was 1989. Wow, so, yeah. Awesome. So, what is that, like 25, 30 years ahead of you? Something yeah, like that. Something like yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too much to do the math. Okay. Yes. So, you grew up in Modesto. What do you love about Modesto? I love just the people. The community is probably the biggest driving force, and even just. Being able to see the city and make it your own and be excited about all the opportunities that we have for the city. Um, 
I'd say that's my, my favorite part about the city is just all the people working together and um, yeah, diving into the work of like youth empowerment and just the people with passion behind them, I think is a better way to say it. People with passion to really see change happen in this city. Um, yeah, and growing up here, it definitely has a special place in my heart. I love that. So, you know, we all know that there's certain challenges to Modesto, but what you're saying is you just love the fact that there's so many people who want to rise to that challenge. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, we always like ask, like, what's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite place to hang out in Modesto? I would say my favorite restaurant is Harvest Moon. I, I probably go there every single week. That <laughs> is a really good spot. That yes. is a really good spot, yeah. Their um, crab sandwich is, oof. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. We always did like a Neil's toss. Neil's toss salad. Yeah. It's so good. That's great. Yeah. I I know that that place after COVID changed ownership and they just seem to have not skipped a beat. It's just been fantastic to see them. Okay. You have any other favorite hangout spots in Modesto? I would say, okay, other than Harvest Moon, I also like the pharmacy. Diva Cafe is another one I frequent as well. I had lunch there today, so it's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm trying to think Skewers is amazing. Um, So you like sticking to downtown here. I I do. I know. I'm trying to think if I really venture out. I I don't think outside of downtown. I probably should actually Redwood Cafe. I used to live on Dale. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I think I'm going to the Tap House tonight. Which is like right beside it, yeah, out by Kaiser, and yes. that's a pretty cool place to go as well. That whole area, if you haven't driven out by Pellendale and Kaiser, it's yes. just being developed like crazy and it's beautiful out there. I think there's three okay, there's, so there's one hotel right now currently, but there's two more going to be built in the next year, right there in that same area. It's just so wild, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's growing yeah. pretty like pretty how many over. people come to Modesto and want to stay in a hotel here? I mean, when you live in a place, you're like, who comes here? Yeah. But right, um, obviously, someone did demographic research to know that. Two more hotels need to be built in our area. And there's more apartment complexes, I believe, going up over there as well. Which is, yeah, that's so necessary, isn't it? Like just for additional housing and housing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, listen, we have to take a a quick station break, but when we come back, we're going to spend some more time with Fallon Ferris. She's the co founder of YEP and also Minnesota City Schools equity and intervention specialist so we'll get into what those big titles mean and i just want to encourage you to listen to better modesto on our social media check us out you can pick up the back episodes on our podcast there um you're listening to 1360 kfiv we're also live on the iHeartRadio app and i hope you are having a great morning in modesto and we'll see you right after the break All right, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. We're on KFIV 1360, also live on the iHeartRadio app. That's like a radio in your pocket for those of you who don't know about that. My name is Jim Applegate. I'm one of the hosts and our other two normal hosts, Ulysses Vasquez and Chris Ricky, are out today. And so I have with me uh, a co-host, Nico Solario and Christian Fletcher. You guys doing good? Yeah, wonderful. Right on. They're going to ask lots of questions in this segment. Help me out here. And our main guest today is Fallon Ferris. And Fallon is the co-founder of YEP, 
and she is also Modesto City Schools Equity and Intervention Specialist. So Fallon, thanks so much for being on our show today. Of course, thanks for having me. So you said in our last segment that you graduated from Downey. Did you go out of Modesto after that? Have you been around here the entire time or what happened? No, I actually didn't leave. I left and I went to Utah State University and graduated from there four years later with my bachelor's degree in business admin. Okay. And why did you go to Utah? Like, what what was the draw there? So my brother actually went there. He played football there for a little bit, and I went and visited and fell in love with the snow, just how it was a little bit different than California, what I've been used to, and just the people were pretty cool as well. So I, I moved out there, and I also had a rugby scholarship. So that was another plus. Whoa, 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 whoa. A rugby you played scholarship. Rugby. I played rugby, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that. Like, yes. This is a sport that most people have no idea about. So. I know, it is my special. Did you play talent. rugby before you went to No, college? that was the crazy thing. So I initially went out there thinking I was going to play basketball. I tried out for the basketball team. It went well, but I wasn't, I realized I'm 5'7". I'm Every other girl, and I was a down low forward because I was tall for Modesto, for Downey. But <laughs> when I went out there, I was like, these other girls are 6'3", six, 6'5", six, <laughs> and I just can't keep up with them. So I had a friend that played on the rugby team, and she's like, come try out for us. Like, you'd start, you're athletic. So I went and tried out for the rugby team, and I, I made it. I made, and I never, I was worried if I did basketball, I wouldn't be able to start a game. I never didn't start a game in rugby. Like, I, I fell in love with this sport. So do you know your stats, like, off the back of your hand? Just how many no, touchdowns I, you got? <laughs> how many, like, broken arms you created on some... You yeah. know, I, I don't keep those, but I do have some gnarly pictures of just tackles and <laughs> other things that I made that That's I can awesome. show you guys later. Yeah. Did well, you ever, like, break a bone or anything like i that? never did thankfully i'm gonna knock did you on break someone wood. else's bones that's yeah. the question you know i there's words on the block so you know for those for our listeners that don't know uh rugby is like it's like playing football without pads yes. it's most contact of sports yeah like next it's, to wrestling it and... it's pretty brutal and i i think it was my positive demeanor my coach was like you're like a sick our secret weapon you're so happy and the other team doesn't expect <laughs> any sort of you know aggression and then i'd go out there and just lay them out it was <laughs> I love good awesome. times. That's, that's how you stay happy you take it out on the field so exactly there you yes. go. now are there local rugby leagues that you're a part of so i tried there wasn't one here in modesto but i actually after Utah, I moved to Florida and worked for Walt Disney World for a little bit. So while I was out there, I joined some local leagues, but okay. there was my competitive side. It was a lot of us older people, and I felt like it wasn't as competitive as that collegiate level. So I ended up not staying too long in those. Gotcha. Okay, so you went to Utah State, got a business administration degree, yes. played rugby. That's pretty epic. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, what brought you back to Modesto then? So I was living in Florida. Um, as I said, I was a marketing manager, actually. So when I went to when I was working for Disney World, they paid for my marketing degree, my master's in marketing communication while I was working for them. And so right after I left to work for a tech company in Florida as their marketing director, and I was doing all of that. And it was during the midst of the pandemic 2020, like right in the beginning. And everyone was kind of slowly losing their jobs. And as you guys know, marketing sometimes is the first to leave. It's like, you know, if you don't have money, you don't, you're not really soliciting for new customers because you're just trying to keep your same customers and, and make them happy with what you currently have. It's so, pretty short-sighted, but that is the yeah, way it is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so my boss came to me one day, and, and this is definitely something I, I think God had his hand in fully because um, a boss came to me one day and said, hey, um, we have to let you know, like, we're letting you go. And that's just how it is, you know, due to COVID. 
And so packed up my box of things. And as I'm walking out to my car, I get a call from my old former mentor, my BSU advisor, Ronaldo Rucker. And he said, hey, Valen. Shout out to Ronaldo should- Rucker. Love that guy. <laughs> he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so uh, he gets me a call and he's like, hey, I know we have it. And the odd thing was, is we usually kept up every single year or like every couple months or so because I, he was my BSU advisor. I'd come back during the summers and help the BSU students and support some field trips for them and really mentor them while I was in college. But we hadn't talked for over a year. And he said, hey, I know it's been over a year, but... I have to tell you about this amazing opportunity we have back in Modesto. I ended up getting a $50,000 grant to really support just our efforts towards supporting the black youth in this community and all that we've been doing, but we can kind of grow it on a greater scale and like a nonprofit. And, you know, at first I was like, move back to Modesto. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That was not my initial thought, to be completely honest. I was like, I don't know. I I never really thought about it. I always thought I was going to leave and live in Florida or a big city or whatever it might have been. And I prayed about it. And probably, I think it was for a week straight, I prayed about it. And just every single time I thought about it, I I felt God saying, move. Like, it's, it's your time. So, it ended up being perfect timing, drove across the country. One of my friends helped me kind of lug everything along back here to Modesto. And it has been a blessing since. It has been just that $50,000 we've been able to turn to a million dollars for the organization. For um, And that was after being in an organization, being an organization entity for only a year and a half, which I've been told is pretty unheard of. So I'm just outstanding with just how everything's kind of flown into place and um, the opportunities that have come to place with just being in Modesto alone. So you're so I want to explore a little bit the uh, youth empowerment program and what you're talking about because that yeah. sounds amazing. But you're also Modesto City Schools. It is the equity and intervention specialist. So yes. these are like two full time jobs. Yes. Well, actually, so right now I currently only grant right for the Youth Empowerment Program. I'm a co-founder, but my main job is with Modesto City Schools, where I oversee and I support, and my title is Equity and Intervention Specialist, but I pretty much a fancy title for ensuring all students have what they need to be successful, and that's dependent on each individual student. Okay, so what is that? What do you actually do? Do you go around to different schools and counsel with kids, or do you counsel with counselors? Like, so it's a handful of things. We do equity trainings for all of our school sites, our sites as well as our district staff. We do, um, goodness, we have six different equity goals, and those six equity goals. I brought a paper here, so I get the ball right. All but right. there's six schools that my specific position oversees and supports, and that's increasing teacher diversity, analyzing teacher placement improving communication with our parents of color, developing trust through improved customer service, analyzing our grading policies and course offerings, which excitingly we have ethnic studies coming on the way soon. And then last one is conducting equity audits to make sure that all the processes that we're doing are for the students and and things are going about the right way to ensure student success. Because we want to make sure kids are successful not only in high school, but they're set up for success after high school. Awesome. So is it just you in that program or is there a bunch of people? It is. I am the only one, but I'm housed in student support services office. So my boss is Mark Herps. Um, He oversees student support services and he's been a huge help in regards to equity and really wanting to push things forward. It seems like you got a handful with that job. Yeah. It seems like you have a lot on your plate and 
Maybe, I do. maybe your team, you should get a team and they should grow your team. I think, <laughs> I think Nico's volunteering himself. How about you, Christian? You want to be on the team? I would love to have some <laughs> assistance. It definitely is in a position that's never been there before. Honestly, it's um, there's very few school districts that do have a position like this. So it's... Are you working mostly with the high schools or the junior highs or the grammar schools? Which ones? All of them. All of them? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'm at the district office, so I help to support all of the um, 22 elementaries, four junior highs, and eight high schools. Wow. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> are there other schools that have been that have the same type of position? There are now. So I actually am able to, thankfully, I'm in a cohort with the Manteca position as well as Turlock. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that's pretty helpful to try and pull all that together it is because their positions are new as well so it really is like we're we're taking our skills and the knowledge that we have and really trying to support and my knowledge of being a student in a specific school district as well and really supporting student engagement student empowerment student advocacy and all those pieces yeah that's pretty amazing so I can hear some of our listeners probably already kind of pushing back a little bit and saying, you know, why do we need equity training in Modesto? You know, yes. why do we need these type of things? So what's the what's the deal? Like what what sort of problems are you trying to fix on our campuses? Definitely. So I think it's a, the problems of noting that it's not a coincidence. So it's not a coincidence that we see more of our African-American students being suspended at higher rates than other students. It's not a coincidence that it's our low, socio, low socioeconomically disadvantaged students that get in trouble more or that have lower grades or oh, the, the different pieces like that. So um, it's really kind of spreading that awareness that all of these things that our students go through and like the, what the data shows isn't a coincidence, coincidence. And it's how that we can, as a community and even just as a school district, particularly Minnesota City Schools, come together to support each student where they are. Because if we gave all students the same thing, they're going to be, there's going to be some students that have low socioeconomic status or a disability that need a little more than other students. So it's just, um, yeah, making sure everyone's set up for success, however that looks like for them. All right. I love this. Um, we're going we're gonna to pick up this train of thought right after the break. And, uh, you know, I want to ask the question, like, you're saying it's not a coincidence. So what are some of the things that have caused this? And, you know, what are some of the things that we're going to do to get ourselves out of this? And I would love to talk about how that ties together with YEP, too, because obviously these things go hand in hand together. So you're listening to the Better Modesto Show. I hope you're having a great Saturday morning. We're on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio network. And we will see you right after the break. All right, welcome back to the Better Modesto Show. Hope you're having a great Saturday morning. I hope that you are either at the farmer's market hanging out, listening to us, or maybe at Velvet Creamery getting some amazing French toast that they have there. So you're listening to 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And I'm your host, Jim Applegate. And our other host, Chris Rickey and Ulysses Vasquez are gone today. But I have Nico Solario and Christian Fletcher as my backup host. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. Everything's Still good doing so great. far. Yeah. Good, yeah. Amazing. So good. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
Christian, who is your favorite Motown musician? Um, let's see. Uh, Besides you know, yourself, I I'm into one really. He plays at uh, I forget the name of the bar, but Weston Perry. Okay. Um, I forget. He has a lot of stuff out there, but he's a alternative rock. Just I don't know how to explain him, but he makes a lot of good music. So. And he's local to Modesto. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Can we find him on Spotify? Yeah, he's all okay. over the place. I listen to him a lot. So. Western Perry. And then for those of our listeners who don't know, Christian is actually a musician himself, and he has produced a. He's a sophomore in high school now, and he's produced a, I think three. That's four now. Four, four now. Wow. Okay. All nice. right. And we can four find songs. you online at stalls just everywhere s-t-a-l-l-s all right so he has a youtube channel and spotify channel and an apple music channel like this guy's amazing and uh up and coming i think he's the next uh you two so <laughs> like for those of our listeners who don't know if you're not listening to you two you you just haven't lived that's so, true so Very yeah, true. that's it that's it all right well our main guest today is fallon ferris fallon thank you so much for joining us today Thank you. Fallon is co-founder of the Youth Empowerment Program, and she is also the Modesto City Schools Equity and Intervention Specialist. And we began to get into that in the last segment, just what that actually meant. But Fallon, we would love to know, you know, you said that, uh, you know, there's no coincidence that um, African-American kids are struggling in our school districts, and probably anybody of color is struggling in our school districts. And so this drew you back to Modesto, in a sense. And uh, so tell us why you think this is no coincidence. Like, what do you mean by that? So, I mean, there's, there's multiple facets of reasons why it's not a coincidence, but the number one reason that comes to my mind is just um, how a child, like gets stimulated at a young age, you know, like at a young age, sometimes if you're read to, you have a higher reading score because you're getting more soaked in, or even when you kind of begin to grow up, if your parents are more financially well off, you may go to certain places or see different things, which all adds to that educational attainment, or not just attainment, but educational, like that department in our brain. Right? The more experiences, the more we learn about ourselves, the more we see what passions we have, what we like to do in life. And if our pa- doc- dad's a doctor, we get to learn about that field. If mom, You know what I mean? So it's things like that. But Sometimes when a child comes from a single parent household or low socioeconomic status, you don't have those opportunities at a younger age. So then access to those things is limited. So what equity and just having an equity centered mind tries to do is just focuses on where can we fill these gaps for these students to ensure that they have access to things, that they do have the support to be able to make those decisions just like their peers at the end of their graduation year. Um, to be able to be successful in whatever that looks like for them and just really changing the narrative around um, even just success, right? What does success look like for each individual student? It isn't just the normal doctor, lawyer, you know, teacher professions that we've kind of been um, born into, but it's also like entrepreneurs and doing your own business and those sort of things. Or even there's a multitude of different things that I feel like we just – didn't learn growing up, but equity is making sure that, yeah, everyone is set up for success. Yeah. So we had Manny Escamilla on our show, uh, probably about three or four weeks ago. Manny's a great guy. And one of the stories he was sharing was that he was working with kids over in the South side and mentoring them. And uh, the two boys as a reward for some of the stuff that he was doing, he took them to the mall because they had never been to the mall Mm. before. Exactly. And so that's what we're talking about is just, you know, I mean, this might be so strange to many of our 
listeners that there's kids in Modesto that have never been to the mall, mm-hmm. uh, let alone been to the ocean or the mountains. Or And if you don't get those kind of experiences, you don't, you're not even sure what to dream about. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, exactly. like most of us have dreams because our parents gave us dreams or, you know, we saw something that was possible. And yet the inequity is they don't even have the potential to dream because they don't even see it. So. Exactly. And, and thankfully, I am blessed with having a mentor in my life. And my mother was a huge mentor to me being a single mom. We, we were not financially well. I probably moved eight plus times in my childhood. We lived. I remember being so excited. This is one thing that I sometimes think back on um, was, I don't know if you guys know Scenic Drive right yeah. there. I used to think that those houses by Wycliffe were beautiful growing up. And we lived in this lady's uh, garage that was not converted, but we lived in her garage. Um, and I just thought I was so happy as a child. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in such a beautiful neighborhood. You have but- like an amazing, happy disposition though, Fallon. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> thank I you. think you were one of the most That's joyful, true. gentle people we've ever interviewed. So oh, thank you. Uh, I think I could hang out with you all day and like any stress in my life would just melt in a <laughs> conversation with you. So you, think, you think, Nico? It's like a mood booster. Yeah. Yeah, she gives that off. Yeah, she does. She's yeah, like, I'm like, you know, she, you're almost like one of those therapy people that could walk through hospitals and just calm people, you know? Like, it's awesome. Maybe I'll that be, could be my part-time job. Grace guys just go away. And it totally. The sun starts like, yeah. coming through. Yeah. Birds start yeah. singing everywhere. That's, it. That's true. So That was my perspective, was trying to have a, have a good outlook on everything. But because my mom really helped teach me that the world was my oyster and it was whatever I wanted to make it and that just because we weren't socioeconomically well off that didn't stop me from anything. And she showed it by example too. So my mom went back, got her AA, her bachelor's, and then was one class away from her master's before um, being diagnosed with kidney disease. But it was like her example of that was just something I'll never forget in my life. But not all students have that. So what would you say to people who might just say, well, yeah, that's it. Your mom worked hard. And if she would just work, if people would just work hard, it would be fine. I mean, that's honestly, as a pastor, I hear that a lot in our Mm -hmm. town. I would say that not all parents can, right? Like everybody is different and in different places of life. Like there's some parents, my mom thankfully only had to work one job, but there's some parents working two, two full-time jobs that are just trying to make ends meet for their family and put food on the table and make sure that their kids have the bare necessities to be able to live this life and go on to school and do whatever their dreams are. So it's, it's not just the parents because we as a community have to come together as well. I had a lot of community people that helped, like John Irvin, who's now on the board of um, trustees for Manassas City Schools. He was a person that came into my family's life and helped support us. So it, it takes a village to raise a child. A community. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I'll go with either way, a village or a community. Yeah. Because, yeah, I can say exactly the same thing. I mean, I have Marvin Jacobo. He was my yes. junior high pastor. And my high school pastor and then my college uh, mentor. And he's, you know, he's probably mentored me for the last 40 years and uh, just had such an impact. And so that's that's one guy who just has spoken in my life. And so for us to have those kind of, you know, opportunity to think like even hanging out with Christian this afternoon. I don't know. Would you consider me kind of a mentor in your life, Christian? Oh, definitely. And uh, so we're just hanging out. Just I mean, we went and bought shoes together like. You know, exactly. it's just fun, but I, and I got to speak into his life and he got to speak into my life and just having those kind of like community type things and just having you on the show is a, is an honor for me, Christian, mm-hmm. to have you here. So like my yeah. Mr. Miyagi. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We'll wax on, wax off. Yeah. You can come over and polish my car later. It's going to be great. Oh, you I wish. Think. <laughs> and then paint the fans. Yeah. 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 I really think if more people took on that mentorship role, kind of like you said you're doing right now, I think there would be so many kids 
just knowing what direction they want to go in life or even just knowing that there's so many opportunities that life has to offer. But when, when kids, you know, they're growing up and they're, they have a single parent in the household and that single parent has two or more jobs. So to, to provide for their kids, but now the kids are losing their parent yeah. because their parent is working so hard to get them what they need. They can't build that relationship with their parent. So is there a way that you guys are going to try to maybe solve those kind of issues? I know it's, you can't, the schools can't really get into households in that sense and be the parent and be the parent, yeah. that missing parent link or something like that. But is there any kind of, ideas that you might have i mean so that is one thing that we've been starting up so i don't know if you guys know improve your tomorrow is a mentorship program that's all about sending young men to college and ensuring that they know what opportunities college has and just linking them up with an older mentor that can really walk them through life walk them through building a resume and some of these things that the parents usually can do um so that they can be set up for success so it is definitely i think that's across the nation schools are dealing with that right now is how do we not be the parent and step in and overstep on parents that are doing the work that they aren't supposed to be doing but also how do we support those parents that just need it because yeah they're trying to get food on the table work two jobs yeah, whatever I mean, it might be even i remember growing up in i think around 14 it was really like getting drilled into me of like hey like you need to go you need to work you need to start working at 15 mm-hmm. 15 and a half as soon as you can and then pay your own phone bill, pay, you know, for my own high school uh, letterman's jacket, my own senior trip, you know, stuff like that, that I paid for. So even for some kids, they have to, they have to pay for their own stuff. So that even makes it harder for them to even have that childhood experience. Yeah. yeah it's not even just having parents outside the home. It's also having kids outside the home when you're, when you're trying to yeah. provide like that. So, you know, I can think of one thing. I mean, I know that we have a lot of business people who follow this show. And, uh, you know, I just encourage our business people, pay your people well, give them time off. Like, you know, we've got to realize that making money isn't always the answer. It's actually taking care of one another that is much better at building the future of a good community together. So, all right, I'll get off my preacher uh, (laughs) bent there. But all right. So you're listening to the Better Modesto show. We've got to take a quick station break. Uh, But when we come back, I want to investigate how uh, youth empowerment program and your work at Modesto City Schools comes together and, you know, some of the great work that you're doing there. So we are on 1360 KFIV and we are also on uh, the iHeartRadio app and you can check us out on our social media as well. See you right after the break. All right, welcome back to the Better Modesto Show. This show is going by so fast today. It's our last segment, so hope you're enjoying yourself. Hope you're hanging out with us in the great town of Modesto. My name is Jim Applegate. I'm the host today, along with my co-host, Nico Solario, and my other co-host, Christian Fletcher. And this is the Better Modesto Show on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And our guest today is Fallon Ferris. She is the co-founder of the Youth Empowerment Program and also Modesto City Schools Equity and Intervention Specialist. So, Christian, you said in the break you want to say something. Like, what's up, buddy? So, um, you touched on in the last part 
uh, how you guys are trying to find a good balance between, or you and your work is trying to find a good balance between um, not totally interrupting the parents doing their work of being a parent figure, but also trying to become a parent figure. Um, growing up, always having parents who knew the middle ground, like my dad always had a self-sustained business. He could always find time for me and my mom uh, grew up just working at home. So it was never something I had to deal with. But um, how do you guys feel is the perfect just balance to um, not completely getting into being a parent, but um, keeping the kids mentored and giving them hope for the future? Uh, like how, how are you looking into doing that? I would say it's definitely a multifaceted approach is mentoring, finding those mentors and especially mentors that can connect with the students that need it. So um, that's one big way. It's also, I know we've talked about, uh, it's not something yet going on, but I know, I think Ceres has it going on, financial education, so that sometimes we learn a lot of our like financial practices from our parents too, like how to budget. You said your dad owns a business. I mm-hmm. bet he's kind of shown you some of like the budgets, numbers, what it looks like, and balance sheets. Um, and so it's, it's definitely getting those things in education so that kids learn that pre-graduation so that they don't go um, post-graduation and rack up thousands of dollars in credit card debt or, or things like that. So I'd say it's mentoring is a big, big piece. It's bringing the community together to support the child where they are and just really nurturing them. I, I think mentoring has a huge, 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 huge um, huge role. impact. Yeah, yeah. Impact. yeah. on yeah. just a, a a child's like development having an adult that can be one-on-one with you and show you the ropes and tell you about life and so I think that's one thing that we've looked at and even just not just IYT there's other organizations that have come in and support some mentoring too and even some internal mentoring so um I'd say that those are the main ways that I've seen it kind of happen so far so tell us how uh the youth empowerment program uh, we actually had a Kia Walker who is the president of yeah she's a sweetheart and just doing amazing work in our community (laughs) Um, so tell us how a youth empowerment program is partnering with you to accomplish some of these goals. Definitely. So as we stated before, I don't have a team that I work with at the moment at Medicine City Schools, um, other than the other district staff, but not directly underneath me. So it has been just amazing in regards to, we've, we've taken last year, we took about 50 students to UC Berkeley from our Black Student Unions, um, and that was just an outstanding outstanding tour and visit and just the kids that had been out of town ended up like multiple had said oh I want to go to UC Berkeley now now that I've seen what life has to offer actually I didn't think I want to go to college but now I do and so YEP was the chaperones on that trip we we have advisors the BSU advisors but a lot of them are busy and have job like their full-time job and then they have families outside of it so it's hard sometimes to go on field trips with the kids so they've supported on that facet they also help Minnesota City Schools in partnership with the NAACP with a tutoring program, and that's to support black and brown students and making sure that they have um, good grades, which are a big piece of getting to the next level, and making sure that they understand their core competencies of their grade level. And just even this summer, they were helping students learn what they would be learning that next school year so that they're prepped and prepared. So doing things like that has been one way. Um, so it, now, it's Just pause right there yeah. for a second because... I just want our listeners to hear what you just said because, you know, YEP got a million dollar grant. They took 50 students. I mean, this is only part of what they're doing. This is like a small part, but they took 50 students from our community over to UC Berkeley. And some of those students got a heart to want to go to 
UC Berkeley, imagine the wealth that that will bring back into mm-hmm. our community. That's crazy. And yeah. the poverty that will take out of our community, mm-hmm. um, you know, let alone the educational status and all those things that are going to happen as a result of that. So exactly. that is phenomenal. Thanks to YEP for having a, a dream and a desire to do that. So thank yes. you, Fallon, for the work you're doing. Well, thank you. Honestly, we're happy to have a community that's so welcoming and open to these new different ideals because I know um, we've been told this multiple times that we're, we're a pretty young organization and not even just a, like our years as an organization, but just our team, our Your leadership team. team. We're all under 28. <laughs> all <laughs> we're under all pretty 28. young. So Well, I um, think that's crucial, though, because, you know, like even Christian, um, you know, I'm 50. And he's 15, and I'd be glad to be his mentor because um, he's yeah. such a polite young man and wants to, someone to invest in him, which I think is fantastic. But at the same time, it's great for him to have somebody who's closer to his age. To his age, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that strongly too because I know growing up, it's hard for me to listen to someone that's older of age. It was hard for me at that time because they're just decrepit and they can't, you know, move anymore. <laughs> yeah, and probably gray hair, bald. You know, you're but getting there, Nico. Talking to I someone that's closer gonna, to my age, it's is... going to come a lot faster than you think. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> I might have a couple gray hairs in here already. Thirty this year. I mean, I'm it's turning thirty. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah, just yeah, you know, your back's going to start just yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're becoming the very thing you swore to destroy. Yeah, yeah. not want to come. Yeah. Yeah. don't worry, dude. The thirty is the new like. 15 so that's you're what okay. I heard yeah oh. yeah that's what I said about turning 50 I'm like oh this is the new 30 yeah. so yeah it's good. but I will say that was one thing even too I'm glad you mentioned that that even the students on the trip were like you guys are really young like yeah. tell us more so, why you all went to college why did you go to college so we were on the bus just having conversations with the students and it was amazing it was just like normal conversations and what's going on you guys tell us more about the trends that are in we did a couple TikToks with them you know so we could speak more of like their language and just do yeah. fun things that they could relate with and we weren't some authority figure that was way high up you know it was right. more like we're just here to help you guys yeah i'm capping on you a little bit but i totally agree with you i mean i, I think it's fantastic and honestly like even for me being a 50 year old like i can be mentored by a 30 year old yeah and just learning you know different things i mean like i was learning things from christian this afternoon yeah. as we were hanging out and just talking together so i think it's fantastic the other thing I was encouraging Christian to do is find someone younger than him to mentor. Yeah. So I yeah. think even while you guys are developing mentors for these kids, those kids are also able to turn around and mentor somebody else. Yeah. There's well. really no age limit. It's just as long as you're um, uh, willing to inspire, I think. Yeah. 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 I, I love it. Um, Fallon, I remember you telling me a story. I think you took some kids abroad. You guys we went somewhere, did. Oh my and goodness. and you told yeah. me a story about one of the kids that went with you, and now he's going back. He so give us a little information on that story. So um, thank you for bringing that one up. So we actually two summers ago when we first started, oh, actually it was last, yeah, not this past summer, but the summer before. Um, there was ten students that we took to Barcelona, an overseas trip, and it was amazing. Just thinking of like cultural awareness and cultural understanding, we were divulged in a whole different culture, which the students, um, even now, like the, I'll have to share a video with you guys after the students, one of them is a film major and she created videoing of the entire trip and was able to create like a small little documentary, but pretty much it was a trip where the students were able to learn about a different culture, get out of just the norm of our society. But long story short, one of the students, like you said, is going back to Barcelona. He, I think he 
it's for the fall semester. He might be there now. But for this entire fall semester, he's going back to teach others English out there. But he said he loved it so much that he knew that was where he wanted to be for the future for a little bit. So it's amazing. Yeah. So we're we're doing small things like that to kind of continue to show people what's out there, you know, because there's so much that this world has to offer. But we just don't always know. And we know he'll come back and he'll he'll give back to the community just as he will get back to him. So, yes, full circle. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, maybe that's a good question for us to end on is how are you encouraging students to stay in our area and invest in our area? I would say by telling them, do you see how amazing Modesto is? And even just by bringing them to all the events that we do have in Modesto. Like there's so much always going on at Grisada Park or downtown. Or I know that we did the 4th of July parade. We actually this year had a full bus full of students. Um, Michael Baldwin and his students. Yeah. With MCS, we had a full bus full of students just showing them that there's a lot going on in this city and a lot to offer, I think. So to be honest, one reason I left was I had teachers that said, um, don't stay in Modesto. I I had probably every, not every single one of them, but a good number of them said, if you want to be anything in life, you have to leave Modesto, which I think is the wrong message that we're giving. It's if you want to be anything in life, stay and develop Modesto. Exactly. Modesto is the place that you can create anything. I was able to move back and start a nonprofit that was got a million dollars in the first year and a half. We could do, you know what I mean? Like there's just so much potential and opportunity in this city and so much growth that you're producing music at 15. Like, so you know, like there's so much and there's so much talent that we just have to tap into that talent and be open to that opportunity and just continue to, to, to develop this community. So I think that's the thing is every time I talk to kids, I talk about, hey, look how amazing Modesto is. We're a little, we could be a little different than other areas, but that's a good thing. Different is a good thing. And we can continue to bring our own unique things to Modesto. I love it. Yeah, I tell people often don't don't join the church that you see. Join the church that you want it to be. Yes, and uh, and make it that way. And I and I just hear that for our community as well. So, hey, well, that's going to bring our our show to a close. What a quick show today! And Fallon, just want to say thank you. Huge shout out to Youth Empowerment Program, and thank you for being the Modesto City Schools Equity and Intervention Specialist. Nico Solario, thank you so much for co-hosting. Christian Fletcher, thanks for being our 15-year-old host today. And uh, I'm Jim Applegate, and this is The Better Modesto Show. We're on KFIV 1360, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And we will see you next week. Have a great day, Modesto.